This is the Busy Blokes Podcast with Jake Batrick and Christian Huggins. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Busy Blokes Podcast. My name is Jake Batrick. I'm a busy guy. With me as always, health coach extraordinaire and great mate of mine, Christian Huggins. How are you, big fella? I'm busier than a security guard at Buckingham Palace at the moment. How about you? <laughs> no. God bless the Queen. God save the Queen. That's yeah. that is not that we'll pay our respects. We'll pay our respects. Yeah. No, wonderful woman though. Um What a legacy. What a legacy she left. Yeah, right to the very end. Worked nice who can who can say they worked right up to the last day? Not many. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a what a legacy. But speaking of hard work, how have you been going this last week or so? How's the uh, how's the progress? What's the updates? Progress, very good. Full keggy. Down. On the scales. On the scales. What's what's the number saying between your feet? Nine. 4.4. So 5.6 kegs down over this whole experience now. Correct. It's uh that that goal is in sight. Yeah. Which is you can taste it. I can t- I can taste it. And we know it's not all about that number between your feet. It's everything else that we're talking about throughout the podcast, but it's getting exciting. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like entering the finals stage if yeah. this journey was a footy, <laughs> footy season. <laughs> We're at the pointy end. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got like, I think like four episodes or three or four episodes to go. So yeah, the end is definitely in sight um, for season one anyway. Still lots of awesome content to get through and there's mm. heaps of things you've changed, tweaked, modified over this past you know, eight or eight or nine weeks. Um, but like at the same time, nothing's changed in your life. Yeah, really. well, I mean, without sa- sounding like a broken record, I'm still enjoying myself on the weekends, <laughs> um, and and the results are, are still piling in. The the thing I noticed this week uh, was in the neck region. Oh yeah, and uh, my jawline is just starting to I say a little bit of a hello, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Like a movie star, chisel like a movie jaw. Star, correct, like Ryan Gosling soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So that's been really cool, um, mate. Just just chuffing along, like yep. you know, we've spoken a lot about this, and you know, it. This has been the most seamless thing mm. that I've done, and it's still seamless. It's not getting harder. It's it's not getting easier either. Mm. Um, it's it's just becoming life. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't taken that leap of faith yet to start your own journey, I cannot recommend it higher. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And I guess it doesn't even need need to be this <clears throat> big arduous journey either. It can just no. be like you know, I just just implement one or two of the things we talk about each week. And like, let's talk about last week. So we're talking about stress part one and a few things you can do to um to help manage your stress or be a bit proactive. Um, what did you end up putting in place um, that's helped you this last seven days or so? Yeah, so mine was work-related. So I was creating my list of jobs at work and what I was finding was it was really helping with the time management side of things Mm. and I think that has then reduced the stress levels because, yeah, you've got more than half a dozen things to get through but once you write them down, you can actually – you know, look at those as individual things and say, right, I'm going to do those two tasks this hour. Mm-hmm. Beauty, I'm a quarter of the way there. Then yeah. I'm going to do the next two the next hour and so on and so you're just forth. Chipping away at them. You just chip away at it and by the end of your shift, you're done. Yep. And yep. so that that was um, that was really helpful. I've still got a bit of work to do on my handwriting. 
Um, <laughs> chicken scratch. <laughs> chicken scratch. But um, and maybe get myself like a nice little notebook or whatever just to write my little lists down on. But they're very helpful. And it's just the simplest thing. Like yeah. literally chicken scratch it down on a, yeah. <laughs> on a piece of paper. And the You got that caveman grip around the pen yeah. it's like in your fist. <laughs> and crossing things out. Yeah. There's yeah. something to that. Yeah. It's psychological. Bloody good. Yeah, you get that momentum, you feel the positivity going through your system. Yeah, I love it. Correct. So good week. Good week. Um and just yeah, we've got what, three, three full weeks to go. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So after this week we've got um one on portion control. We've got a mobility episode and then we'll wrap up towards the end and really see where you went with um, your, your good, better, best goals and what we can start to do better. Before we get stuck into all that, we've got to crack into this week's episode, part two of our stress management extravaganza. Let's crack into that nitty gritty goodness. Alrighty. If you haven't listened to stress part one from last week, make sure you go back um, and listen to that in its full, in its entirety, because um, in we its do, glory, in its in glory. all its glory, because <laughs> we go deep, deep, deep in the weeds, um, into the stress response, what brings on the the alarm stage, and all those all those bits and pieces. But as we mentioned, stress it's a very normal reaction to everyday tasks such as work deadlines, and you know, going on a, your first date or going to a job interview. Like, there's lots of things that bring on stress. But it's also that hardwired survival technique from caveman days, like being confronted by that woolly mammoth or that lion. Um, and then in modern society, you know, getting into a fight or seeing someone um, chasing you down the street, like you want that uh, survival response to be kicked into gear. So if you can remember from last week, we spoke about the the nervous system and then we zoomed in on the autonomic nervous system, which are all the kind of like involuntary physiological processes, all the automatic things that happen in your body. Like if you cut your finger you don't have to start telling your body to start healing it. <laughs> you don't have to sit there staring at your finger saying, heal, heal, heal. Like, like your body, a Jedi. Yeah, your body just does that for you. Um, but within the autonomic nervous system, we've got the sympathetic. The sympathetic is the fight, flight, or freeze response. And then the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. So as best we can, as best as possible, we want to break that stress cycle. You can imagine like a seesaw. Um, and one side of the seesaw is the fight or flight and one side of the seesaw is the rest and digest. So when one's up, the other one's down and vice versa. So they can't necessarily both be on at the exact same time or at least not very well. Or you can think of it as like a light switch. When one switch is down at the sympathetic nervous system, the others, the, the parasympathetic nervous system is off and vice versa. So we want to push ourselves into the rest and digest um, state or that parasympathetic state as often as possible parasympathetic state, rest and digest, okay? Just want to drill that in. That's the green zone. That's the green zone. It really is. And like in in today's nitty-gritty, I'm not going to talk much more about that. Um, that's literally how we're, how we're going to, you know, sum it up. Um, and I'm going to tell you exactly today um, how we can activate that parasympathetic response um, pretty much within a matter of seconds. So, Gossa, how do you know if you're in that sympathetic state? Like, is it really easily identifiable? Um, for some people, it's easily identifiable. Others, not so much. But just like we mentioned last week, your heart starts to beat faster. Maybe you get sweaty palms. You get your your breathing goes quicker. It goes shallower. Um, your thoughts start racing. Maybe you get that kind of weird gut feeling. It's all those. Maybe your skin pricks up a little bit. Like, remember that car swerving out in front of you in mm. traffic um, on, the, on the freeway? Um, so, people's everyone's responses are different. You know, for me, I can feel my heart beat a little bit faster. Um, I can feel my breathing go a little bit shallower and my thoughts start racing. So that's when I know that I'm in the sympathetic state. And as I mentioned last week, 
um, you could be confronted by a lion and you're automatically like in that zone. Or we can have those little drips or those little sloshes into the stress bucket, which is a work deadline or a financial troubles or comparison on social media, or you get an argument with a sibling or you're eating crappy food. Like all of those things can cause us to be in that low level stressed state. While everybody's stress trigger, I'll call it, is different, some of the symptoms might be similar for a lot of people just to Ooh. really identify that sympathetic state. Yeah, 100%. Oh, triggers can be completely different for everyone. Like, you know, some people, majority of people would hate public speaking, but there's some people <laughs> who love being centre of attention. They'll get up there and no, no questions asked and just start speaking in front of on the microphone or whatever it might be. Or, you know, people who have arachnophobia, they see a spider and they absolutely shit their pants, but <laughs> other people just pick it up in their hands and put it outside. So everyone's triggers are completely different, maybe – you know, we, we, last week you were saying that you're actually quite a laid back guy, you know, when work's not too bad and, you know, this isn't too bad, you're just kind of, you know, moseying around. Whereas, you know, I know certain people that really struggle to walk through those doors and get into their workplace because just work is such a big stressor for them. So they need to work on specific stress management techniques before they get into their into, get into their job. Um, and what we'll talk about today, the two biggest rocks when it comes to managing your stress Last week, we spoke about a lot of things you could do proactively to, to kind of pour some stress out of that bucket. Two things we're going to talk about today. One is something you can do in the moment when you start to feel stressed, but it's also something you can do um, to be proactive and kind of pour some stress out of that bucket. And the second rock that we'll talk about today is all about being proactive and just taking big dr- dr- drops out of that bucket, big sloshes out of that bucket to make sure it's got a lot of capacity to be filled. Okay. So we get down to business then? Let's get down to business. We're getting deep into the weeds, down to business, and the headline to start this segment is the big rocks. The Let's big get rocks. Our rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't yeah. say that on a podcast, yeah. can you? Um, so, so the first, the first rock uh, we're going to talk about is uh, using your breath. So, if you can remember from the nervous system, you've got all those involuntary physiological processes, right? Like your heart beating, your blood pumping, your cells dividing, and your breath. You don't have to think about breathing. Like no. it is happening at all times. Thank goodness for that. But it is Imagine the one- Imagine how tired you are if you <laughs> constantly <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is the one thing that you can voluntarily do to affect your autonomic nervous system and thus your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So- when you're getting chased by, I don't know what last time you were chased by a lion, but when you were getting chased by a lion, what's your breathing doing? Yeah, it's through the roof. Yeah, it's shallow, it's quick, it's fast, it's rapid, right? Because that's to get the the blood and the oxygen around to the major muscle groups and stuff like that. So when we want to go the other way to the parasympathetic nervous system, what should we do, do you think? I reckon maybe slow it down. Mm-hmm. Deep and slow. So rather than quick and shallow, we want to go deep and slow. So- when we do um, breath work or, you know, using our breath to put us into the parasympathetic nervous system, you want to focus on deep nasal belly breath. So nasal meaning through the nose because, you know, when you're getting chased by that line, you're breathing rapidly through your mouth most likely. Yeah. Um, so your nose activates part of your brain to say, okay, we should be pretty calm now. And that belly breath means just going as deep as you can um, towards your belly button, I guess, because- Two thirds of your oxygen is uptake uh, is uptaken, if that's a word, yeah. <laughs> uptook um, in the lower one third of your lungs. So if you're anything like me, I'm just a natural shallow chest breather. I've just always been like that. 
So I have to actively like move myself into that deep nasal belly breath. Um, and the second you want to you want to focus on is usually long exhales. So inhaling is actually the stressful part, believe it or not. So we want to focus on nice long exhales. So you're breathing out all the nonsense, yeah, so to speak. There's so many ways you can think about it. Like you know, YouTube is a goldmine, like we said, of just like different breathing techniques and stuff like that. And we're going to go through a couple of breathing techniques today. Um, but yeah, sometimes some people think about it as like you know, breathing in you know, certain energy and then breathing out certain energy, breathing out that nonsense. It's funny you mention this because I was a couple of years ago in a previous job, I was going through a pretty rough patch uh, Mm. with my mental health and I wasn't performing in that job to the ability that I know I I could have and I just couldn't get to the bottom of why Mm. and it just, quickly spiraled out of control. Like I was so unhealthy. I was drinking too much, eating too much. Um, and so finally took the decision to seek out some help and, and speak to someone, a psychologist oh, and nice. had a couple of sessions with the psych. And the one thing I took out of that was this breathing technique. Mm. And when you're stressed and when something is affecting you between the years, you know, you're not thinking straight, you're anxious or whatever, deep breathing has been a godsend. Yeah. It genuinely just snaps you out of that state of, you know, feeling down and, and hard on yourself. And I still have to use it to this day. Like I left yeah. that job two years ago, but I have to walk past that workplace like, to go, <laughs> to, go to my current. Yes, yeah, there's a bit out. of PTSD and, and your brain just magically switches to that period of your life and you start thinking about, oh, I wish I said this or I wish I'd yeah. done that, blah, blah, blah. To get out of that for me definitely is big nasally deep belly breaths. Well, there's a lot there. So your thoughts racing and going yes. out of control and, and being quite wild, that's putting you into that stressed that stress response. And then you're focusing your mind back onto one singular thing, which is your breath. And you taking those deep nasal belly breaths is signaling to your body that everything's okay. You're not, you're not back in the war zone. Yeah, it's all good. You're all good, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what we're going to talk about today, these, these breath um, techniques, one, you can use them exactly how you just did then. So you find yourself in a stressful situation. You're about to go up on stage. You walk past your old workplace. You just get out of an argument with a sibling or a partner or whatever stressful situation you find yourself in. You can engage in these breath practices or you can also utilize them like we um, were talking about last week. These can be used as big bucket pours. So you could just do them throughout your day when you're just sitting on the computer or before bed at night or whatever it might be. So the first one that we're going to talk about is known as timed breaths. And the one that I want to focus on is called 478. So the 478, are um, each of those numbers refers to different parts of the breath cycle. So let me explain this and we'll, have, we'll probably give it a go. Let's give it a go on air. So the four is how long you inhale for through your nose, so four-second inhale. The seven is how long you hold your breath for, so you hold that breath right down into your belly. And then the eight is how long you exhale for. So it's a four-second inhale, a seven-second hold, and an eight-second exhale. Now, I'm just going to keep talking for a little bit. And what I want you to do is just find a nice cadence of breath. So maybe just sit back and kind of relax a little bit Um, for those listening in the car. You can also do this in the car. Just don't close your eyes (laughs) while you're driving um, or if you're just kind of sitting on, you know, sit on the grass while you're doing this. But find a nice cadence of breath. What I want to point out as well is when you've got these different time breaths, such as four, seven, eight breathing, if you get to like five seconds of the hold, 
and you're thinking in your head, I'm about to burst because this is like, I can't hold my breath for this much longer. <laughs> Start exhaling because yeah. if you just keep holding, then it's just going to cause more stress on your body. So the numbers are there because it's a very specific sequence of numbers, but you don't need to stick to them perfectly. And yeah. the more you practice it, the better you're going to get. Yeah. So over time, it's going to be really good. And what they show is um, there was a Japanese study that came out that said six rounds of this breathing is enough to take you from a completely wildly stressful uh, stress response um, to pretty much back to ground zero. So yeah, six right. rounds um, is the kind of magic number, um, but even just one is magic. Even two is magic. So don't just let that six number um, kind of get to you, but let's have a practice now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count each of the the sections in and we'll do it two rounds, yep. okay? So what I want you to do is sit back, relax, and we're going to start inhaling now for one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and out for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Inhale for one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and out one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Ticket. <laughs> Works. <laughs> it was a charm. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and you know you can you can do that time breath whenever you can do it when you wake up, you can do it before lunch, you can do it as you're walking from job to job, you can do it from when you're walking down to the supermarket. Like you can employ breath work whenever, really. That was actually really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was really nice. And that was only two rounds. So imagine doing that, you know, a couple rounds over, yeah. or you know, with your eyes closed, or in a dark room, even like there's different levels to it. But yeah. It was that's sort of that's a different technique to what I have been implementing, which is mine was very much a straight in and out. Yeah, just nice and deep, getting down to that lower part of your lungs. Yeah, but it's the I think the thing that's in common with those two techniques it's 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 very deep in. Mm. It's deepish in the sense of coming out, but you're just sort of elongating it a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I like doing those really long exhales because that's the part where your body's signaling itself to be like, yeah, calm. Everything's all good, yeah. bro. When you're doing the exhale as well, I've got to mention this, you can exhale through your nose if you want to, but it's much easier to go through your lips. It's kind of, yeah. I, saw, I saw you doing it. It's kind of like blowing through a straw or yeah, yeah much easier to, easier to control in that sense. Also um, helps with the audio format that we're working with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that visual representation. Um, <laughs> um, so there's two, two more kind of uh, breath, um, strategies I'm going to teach you about. So the next one is box breathing or square breathing. So a lot of people, listeners, maybe have heard about this one before, but essentially the box or the square is is literally that. It's a square. So it means each part of that breath um, is the same time in, in length, if that makes sense. So I like the number four. So four seconds in, a four second hold, four seconds out and a four second hold. And you can kind of just trace that square with your finger on a table or some people do it on their belly or you can just think about it in your head. But you're just going around the edges of the square and each of those edges are the same in length. So you can go up to five seconds for each side or yeah. six seconds, whatever it might be, but four is easy. So maybe let's just try one one round of this. Remember, just get that nice comfortable position and um, you, know, you could do this two times, three times, up to six times. So let's start inhaling now for one, 
two, three, four, and hold it for one, two, three, four. Now exhale for one, two, three, four, and now hold at the bottom for one, two, three, four. And you would literally just go it's around. It's hard not out. to go back in yeah. after the out. <laughs> you want to get that inhale, right? <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah, the magic is is the, the nose because breathing through your mouth is generally a, a sign of being stressed out. Um, but the last one that I really like, and this is something that I employ pretty much on a daily basis, is what I call breath resets or breath anchors. So the reason I call it an anchor is because I don't even know why I call it an anchor, but it's kind of it's 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 one thing that you choose personally choose to have as your reminder to take a big, deep nasal belly breath. So it could be a ring, it could be a watch, it could be a bracelet, it could be a clock on the wall, it could be a computer screen, it could be a post-it note that says breath and you stuck it on your computer (laughs) screen. For me, the the screensaver of my phone literally just says breathe. And every time you notice that thing, so every time you play with your ring or you check your watch or you look at your screen or you look at the screensaver, you just take one deep nasal belly breath. Little visual cue. Visual cue. And think about how many times that adds up throughout the day. Every time I check my phone and I see the word breathe, I'm taking like 30 (laughs) deep nasal belly breaths a day where I'm just this natural shallow chest breather. So it's a really good thing for me personally. But you could do that. You could set reminders in your phone, little alarms to go off at multiple points throughout the day, kind of like those movement snacks. Um, But yeah, I just, I like the breath, the breath anchors. Are there specific times throughout the day that you should be focusing on your breathing? You can literally do it whenever you want, but there are some times that maybe are more important than others. Um, If you can remember from last week, we were talking about how when you're in the sympathetic state, your body's not so focused on digesting that burger you just ate because it thinks it's about to get eaten by a lion. Um, So just before you eat a meal is probably the best time to get yourself into a nice, relaxed and calm state. So doing just a couple rounds of, you know, four, seven, eight breathing or just taking, you know, two to three deep breaths just before you have your meal is a really good idea. Um, after workouts, because when you've, or exercising. So after you've exercised, you want to get yourself into that, um, rest and recovery mode as quickly as possible. So just getting your, your breath back down, um, before bed is great. Cause it's a great way to get calm, you know, get relaxed, ready for that kind of sleepy time. Um, but you can do it whenever, when you wake up, you can do it before a long meeting or presentation. You can do it whenever you want to close your eyes or just take that nice deep belly breath in. Before or after watching your footy team? You may have needed that, yeah, this past weekend especially. (laughs) Or these next few weeks are not going to be good for you. But um, I honestly feel like breath work probably works most effectively when it's practiced daily. So rather than, you know, doing a long 30 to 60-minute meditation like once a week, like just do a couple rounds each day, two minutes each day, five minutes each day, whatever it is for you. But just kind of like those short, sharp, frequent intervals um, is much better than just doing a big chunk of time once a week. Well, now that we're feeling more relaxed and at ease and breathy, and breathy uh, everything's firing on all cylinders, one term I've heard a lot about, um, particularly through certain individuals on social media mm. who are massive on self-care. Yeah, that word used to trigger me, to be honest. <laughs> and honestly, like if someone told me to start doing self-care when I was like 21, I would have told them to get stuff. Like you got like there's a time and a place, but. I feel like your whole life in your early 20s is self-care because you're not worrying about <laughs> anything else. Yeah. But like self-care, like if, if we to give it another term or whatever, but like it's, it's any activity that recharges you. It's any activity that leaves you feeling rested and refueled afterwards. Or you can just think about it as anything that's pouring some stress out of that bucket. And it looks completely different for everyone. Um, but what we're going to do now is, 
I'm going to give you a crap ton of examples of self-care, but you can just kind of think about this bucket that's inside you. Everyone's bucket is of different sizes and everyone's bucket is being filled with different things. So someone's might be a bit of arachnophobia in there. Someone's might be a long uh, work presentation tomorrow, whatever it might be. So everyone's bucket's being filled with different things. And then everyone's bucket pause also looks different because, you know, having a hot bath or a warm bath might be really relaxing for one person, but having a warm bath, they get more sweaty and uncomfortable. Yeah. So they hate that. Can't fit in the bath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Catching up with your mates for one person might be a real like re- like rejuvenating activity, but for someone who's an introvert, <laughs> they're just like, not nah, stuff that. So we're going to give you a lot of examples today. So just, you know, pick which ones are your bucket pours, or you can start to add some of your own to the mix. And before we, before we tuck into those examples of self-care, have a think about what self-care might mean for you. So- for me, it's going to the pub mm. or a full body massage. Ooh. But not like the really hard one. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no. Because I'm a really sensitive guy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I went to Bali, um, it would have been like uh, 19, 20 maybe, and I completely forgot what like a, a relaxing massage was called. And I thought it was the Thai massage. So I picked oh, Thai. And I don't know if you know what those are. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> She was a real heavy set woman and she was like standing on my back. She was like bending my arms behind my Dead. back and pretzeling me. And I was like, this, is, this sucks. Yeah, I'm not but, about that but at yeah, all. Yeah. Just nice, gentle fairy fingers for me. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, nice and relaxing. Okay. So, well, that that is one of one example of like a physical form of self-care is getting massages. Um, so that was right. Yeah, you were, you were right on the money. Um, but also like, you know, getting quality sleep, um, eating nutritious foods, um, spending time outside, regular exercise, um, having a bath or going for a sauna, doing breath walk, um, breath work, sorry, uh, sex, going for a walk or just taking care of yourself in general, like anything to take care of your physical body. There's examples of like uh, caring for your emotional and mental state. So that's like reading or having nice morning and evening routines, um, engaging in hobbies like guitar and painting and stuff like that, travel, limiting social media, getting some coaching done or some therapy like you did, um, planning ahead budgeting your money, um, even like feeling those emotions like laughter and even crying, uh, listening to music or doing what we call cathartic writing or free writing. So it's just like journaling and just kind of spewing out whatever in, in your brain. Um, caring for your kind of like spirituality, going for nature, hawks, nature walks or hiking, mindfulness, uh, meditation, yoga, being around water is a mm, big one. So calming I just to go, that. yeah, pond, lake, standing underneath a shower, going to the beach, like all those things around water is very, very calming. Um, a big one for me was, is, is blocking out time to do nothing because I've got this niggle in the back of my head that says I need to always be doing something productive. Yeah. I, I reckon a lot it, of people would be like, yeah, that. like I need to make headway on this or I need to start doing this. Like it's, it's just like a list, a list, like to do, to do, to do, to do. Whereas I actually need to sometimes pump the brakes and just be okay with kicking my feet up and doing absolutely nothing. Yep. But that's this particular type of person. Um, the biggest one that I uh, love out of the spiritual one and probably all of them is gratitude is kind of cultivating that attitude of gratitude, you know, listing off one to three things in the morning and or one to three things at night. You can write them down. You can think about them in your head. You can say them out loud to your partner before you have your dinner, you know, ask your partner, you know, Chloe, what are you grateful for today? Just say one thing. Like there's something so powerful and so simple and so easy about just mentioning something that you are happy about, about your day. um, That's really powerful. Doing that one too, it's while it will make you feel better, it also makes the people around you feel better 100%. as well. So it's yeah. like a little two for one bargain. You share it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So easy. Yeah. And like last week we were talking about turn, changing your have-tos to get-tos. Yes. You know, like that's a, that's a big gratitude. Like anything you can do to stretch that gratefulness muscle um, is really, really good. Um, practicing forgiveness, um, religious practices, or even just playing instruments as well. Your relationship to yourself. So journaling, cooking, setting goals, just like you've done this past eight weeks, like setting goals and working towards that. Um, having alone time, um, affirmations is a huge one. Treating yourself, like being okay to be like, yeah, I worked hard today. I can go get myself a little like nice little chai latte before myself yeah. or I can go to the movies or, you know what I mean, like, like things like that. Uh, vision vision boarding, positive self-talk, celebrating your wins. Um, that was big back in, I think, episode six. You had to stop and smell the roses. And although you stopped and smelled them a bit too hard, yeah. um, you had to stop and <laughs> celebrate tough. those wins and give yourself that pat on the back. Instead of stopping and selling, smelling the roses, I also treated myself to uh, a few too many beeries. Yeah. Well, so yeah. It's all about balance. Yeah, it's it. yeah. Um, and the other one is practicing self-love. So, you know, a lot of us have that voice in the back of our head that's like, you know, you're stupid, you can't do this, you shouldn't have done that. Why would you say it like that? Like, you know, that constant like negative niggle. Um, so learning how to kind of do some mental judo on that and flip those into more positive and loving thoughts is, is really powerful as well. Because we're often as people really good at giving other people feedback, but it oh, not, not often flows back the other way <laughs> no, to yourself, no, no. which Makes no sense. Whatsoever. You are the most important. Yeah, yeah. Maybe your significant other is sort of equal tie, but <laughs> yeah. it never flows back the other way. Nah. Rarely flows back the other way. Yeah, hundred percent. Um it's it's much easier to give other people advice and look at their problems and say, Oh, you know, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you'll you'll have it solved. Yeah. And then when it comes to your own problems, you're like, duh, like, <laughs> I can't I don't know what to do. Or like, what should I do? Yeah. Um But yeah, that that self love's really important, especially when it comes to I guess like uh, weight loss as well, because you can't shame your body into being a healthy body or you can't hate mm. yourself into the body that you want. Like you got to do it from a place of self-love and, you know, I don't know, wherever you're at, you kind of just tell yourself like, you know, I love you. I love you as you are, but you can always be better. Even where I'm at now, I love me as I am, but I can always be better and I'm always trying to be better. And I think that's a really important kind of part of the journey to, to get to. Um, I, think, I think this last one's really important too, because it, it affects everybody and it's doing self-care at work. Yeah. Yeah. So setting boundaries is huge, especially around your time. So if you have a clock off time, you have that clock off time to make sure you set that, you know, whether it's 5 p.m., 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., like you don't want to be checking huge work emails and messages and calls after that, if possible. And also setting boundaries on what your like your projects are and like what you're working on and stuff like that. Um, asking for help or delegating tasks, supporting each other. So supporting yourself, supporting your mates in, at work, setting career goals, changing your environment. So in an ideal world, you do what you love, right? Like you find something you, and that becomes your job. Like it doesn't, you never work a day in your life if you do that. But you can also learn to love what you do. And that's a big part of this. Um, so what Something you can do is, is, is turning your work environment into this nice place to be. So, you know, making it nice and tidy, putting a plant there, getting a diffuser, putting up a picture of like the last holiday you went on and then getting a calendar and circling the holiday that's coming up. Um, making it kind of, you know, making it this place that you actually want to be around. Um, taking time off is huge as well. So booking those holidays in advance or booking those days off just to kind of have a day to yourself or mental health days, they're all there for a reason. Um, make sure you take your lunch break. So this is for anyone at yeah. your work, Bado. Um, <laughs> you know, you said last week that you guys just sit there at your computer eating lunch, but, you know, 
15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like take that time for yourself. We were just about to start recording today's episode and we're recording at my place of work and three of my colleagues were sat at their desks <laughs> eating Shame. Lunch. Shame. Shame. <laughs> need, the, need the bill. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm a massive believer in having something to look forward to. Yeah. Having that holiday or if it's a long weekend getaway or just yep. – even just setting time away for yourself or you and your partner just to like go on a day trip on the weekend. Literally, like yep. Just a, something to look forward to a is date so day. beneficial. Yep. You could go, you know, just spend a day at the beach. You could have literally a lazy day at home if that's something you don't often do. Like, so just get a couple movies, buy some popcorn, like, you know, things like that. So you can always set these days where you just do something a little bit out of the normal kind of routine. Um, holidays are wonderful, but they're not always accessible to everyone. Correct. But if you can book those in awesome or just like a day trip somewhere, go for a huge hike in a you know nature reserve you've never been before. Um, but also examples of self-care at work is like upskilling or learning so you can make yourself a better person at work. So it makes you like, you know, better able to handle challenges and things like that. Leaving work at work is big too. And it looks a bit different for everyone, but I remember, I can't remember if it was a, it was a police officer that I was listening to on a podcast or maybe like a, yeah, a detective. And he was saying that he had this coin, um, this like big kind of medallion and he'd put it in his top pocket. And when he'd get home, he would put that medallion straight into the key bowl. Yeah. And that was him leaving his work nice. that, and then he would enter the house and play with his kids and, you know, have dinner and all that sort of stuff. And then when he'd go out in the work in the morning, he'd put that coin back in his pocket. And it was like he mentally attached all of his days, worries to that medallion. And it looks different for everyone, but trying to leave work at work if you can. Um, but there's one more um, example of self-care that I want to throw in there. And you kind of just started mentioning, but it's your relationship to others. So, you know, dating, uh, joining different clubs or groups. So if you love reading, join a book club. If you love sewing, see if there's a sewing group around in your local area. Um, visiting family, spending time with mates. Um, a big one in modern society is hugging and touch because we're often, you know, speaking to people through phones now and like social media. We don't get that like face-to-face connection or that touch connection, which is really important. Like I tell all my clients and I hope you listen to this, but my brother-in-law, Dij, Dion, Gives the best hugs ever. <laughs> but he's he's just got that like that he hugs on for that one second a bit too long, yeah. but it's like really nice. He's like a big bear, but um, it's yeah, a fine line though, isn't it? But no, <laughs> become become that become that mate who's a really good hugger. Like yeah. I think it's just it's a really nice thing. Um, I'm a hugger too, so I might I might uh, enforce a bit of that too. I reckon. Yeah, just just get around it. And like last dot point here, saying I love you more. Like you pretty much tell yeah. me you love me every time we leave this session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. It's that's um that's actually something I learned before we started this journey. And one of the main ones was I realized I wasn't telling my parents that I love them. Yeah. Just because I was an ignorant bloke in <laughs> yeah, mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And you sort of mature a little bit and it's like, oh, I actually really love my parents yeah. and, and everything that they've done. And it's just a nice little whether it's on the phone or every time you, you catch up with them, like that's something I definitely yeah. try to do every single time. A little like sneaky little hack, like leave a little note, a little post-it note for your partner in their lunchbox yeah. or like inside the fridge, like, or, you know, little things like that can like make someone's day. Like those those times where you've told me you love me after the po- the podcast, like maybe that was a day before the podcast, I had a really bad morning or yeah. something. And that was, and that was the one thing that I needed that day to be like, oh, that's, that's really awesome. Because you never I'm kind know. Of choking up a bit because it's pretty yeah. hectic to talk about, but yeah, like um, you never really know what other people are going through. Yeah, huge, and especially at um at work, everyone's just switched on trying to focus mm. doing work. But you have absolutely no idea what some people have been through or what they're currently going through, yeah. what they're you know, home masking, life's like. all yeah. that sort of stuff, and 
it's so important to be just nice to people. Yeah. Just purely for that for that reason. Yeah. Hold the door open for someone. Yeah. Pick up a bit of trash. Tell someone they're looking good or yeah. like, you know, not in a seedy way, but <laughs> yeah. like little things like that. You just you just never know what someone's going through and what they need at that point in time. But just those tiny little acts of kindness, which doesn't take much effort. No. Like you saying three words or yeah. you holding the door open for an extra five seconds for someone like doesn't take that much effort. Give your seat up for someone at the bus stop. Like all these things are really good. Um, and that's your relationship to others. And also spending time with your children or pets, uh, volunteering your time, having those deep conversations um, with people. Um, and going, like you said, like on holidays with your partner or your, your mates or your family and stuff like that, like all these um, are examples of self-care with your relationship to others. Joining a club is a massive one. That's something I've done this year. I've, I've As a young fella, I used to play footy mm. all the time, training yep. twice a week, games on weekends, like some of the best memories I've got mm-hmm. from my life and was not able to keep playing due to injury. And it was sort of at a time where I was finishing – university and starting to work full time yeah. and I just sort of went, oh, well, that's that phase of my life done. done. Yeah. I realised that I was sort of missing that extra thing in my life. There was a bit of a void there mm. and I got back into footy this year in a coaching capacity yeah. and I'm coaching the Curtin Uni Wesley Footy Club uh, Women's Reserves and it's honestly been the best thing apart from this all. journey. It's been the yeah. best thing that I've done like – being able to get around a bunch of legends three times a week, mm. help them grow as footballers. We've got some players that have been playing for years. We've got some that have just literally picked up a footy for the first time this year. It's been the most rewarding experience yeah. of my life, I reckon. And I think that's really important to to really kind of sit down and either think or journal or talk to someone you love and try to identify what those voids are for you, mm. um, especially parents who get old enough when they've got kids and stuff, like young kids, and everything has to take a backseat because the kids become the number one priority. Oftentimes, your hobbies and your sports and all the things you used to do when you were younger, that all falls by the wayside because you've got to focus on your kids. But it is really important to still, if you can, try to include those things in some capacity. So much like yourself with the football, like I found that that's something that I've I've been really missing. So when my fiance and I move out to our new our new home, um, in a few months' time, um, next year I'm going to join the local footy club. But yeah. my ankle is really bad, so I'm just going to go for a, you know run water, water boy, do the yeah. training, like just be part of the group in some capacity. It's not, I don't have to play the game anymore, but I can train and do all that sort of stuff. So I think it's important for you to kind of sit back and think about what these things are for you. So all these examples of self care that we just gave over the last ten minutes or so. Maybe there was some dot points that you were like, yeah, definitely that's me and you got really excited or maybe it kind of struck a bit of um, inspiration in you and you kind of gone, yeah, that's something that I want to try again or try to think about those things you did in your teenage years that you really loved doing that you just all time went away, you forgot what you were meant to be doing, you just really focused on this one thing, that's your self-care. And in order to reap the benefits of self-care, you've got to be consistent with it. It can't just be a once every three months you just go and do one thing like you got to schedule it in your calendar like you would an important meeting and, and just do something daily. So just like when you're if you're building a house, you've got to use a bunch of different tools. You can't build a whole house with a hammer. You've got to have a hammer and a saw and a drill and this, that, and the other. So different tools for different situations. So when you're at work, you can't just all of a sudden go and do it, get a 60-minute tickly massage. <laughs> but maybe you can sit at your desk and do some box breathing. Yep. When you're you know in the middle of an argument with your spouse, you can't just go to the movies <laughs> but maybe you can, you know, take five and go into your room and journal. Like there's different tools, different self-care tools for different situations, but 
you just get a whole range of them, add them to your tool belt and just kind of dot in throughout your days and your weeks what you can. But I think for the bigger um, self-care activities like going to the movies or like getting a massage, you've got to book those in like once every couple of weeks or something like that to make sure you get that time to pour some stress out of that bucket. It's a fun time to experiment. Yeah, that's it. Experimentation and personalization. Well, before we wrap up this little wholesome um, segment, Gossa, we've got some action steps for this week, episode 10. We do. So number one is to practice some eyes closed, deep breathing. So you could do the four, seven, eight breathing. Um, you could do that box breathing like we are talking about before. Um, or it could just be like, you know, just some deep controlled breathing. So you just go lie on a couch and just have your eyes closed and just practice kind of doing some deep belly breaths like you were kind of doing, like there wasn't any timing or anything like that. It was just see how deep I can get it and do a long exhale. Um, number two action step. And I really want you to try to do this. And I think I know what yours might be. And I'll ask you what it is in a moment, but I want you to schedule one larger self-care activity you can do this week. So it could be that massage could be going to the beach, could be having an afternoon of reading or listening to music, could go on a date with someone, um, painting, go to the movies, like just one of those bigger activities that takes a few hours, but schedule that in for one day this week. I'll raise you one and maybe even incorporate four. <laughs> four? <laughs> just, go, just, say, just go Chloe, for it. I have to go and play golf today. Yeah. <laughs> I have to play three hours of FIFA this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I have to. Yeah, to the you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dire, <laughs> but yeah, not get as many as you can, and you'll feel the power of them. Experiment, personalize, like figure out which ones are making you feel really good, and kind of pouring some stress out of that bucket. And you know, a bit of an extra credit. I'll kind of attach it to that breath one before. You know, those that eyes closed, eyes closed, deep breathing is really important. But something that my clients and myself, like I said before, find really valuable is just that breath anchor. So that you can use those breath resets throughout the day. So remember, like you have your breath anchor and it's just one deep nasal belly breath. So it could be your ring, could be a watch, could be a bracelet, could be a post-it note in the car or on your desk, could be a clock around the office or a screensaver on your phone. Like just choose something that you see every day or feel every day, have in your body, um, and that becomes your, your breath anchor. All right, Gossa, just to wrap up today, we get to dive into the mailbag once again. Another cue. Another big old cue. Uh, this one reads via the social pipes, I'm terrible with stress eating. Are there any tips and tricks to help me stop or soften the blow of a stress eating reaction? This is a great one. Yeah, so I guess without knowing more about your story and and what's going on there. There's no magic wand. There's no magic answer. That's a one fit one size fits all kind of approach to this. A lot of the stuff that we spoke about today and in last week's episode about like, you know, being proactive um, with managing your stress and then, you know, doing the deep breathing kind of exercises as well as like incorporating lots and lots of different self-care exercises to just manage your overall levels of stress. Um, that, that'd be a really good place to start. Um, number two, I would say to try to look at what your triggers are, like what happens just before you have a stress eating uh, episode. So do you just get off a phone call with your mum, or do you just receive a work email or have you got, is it around exam time? Like what are your triggers for stress? And then figuring out how you can incorporate more stress managing techniques around those times and exactly what we we're talking about before, self-care activities, deep breathing, um, you know, planning to-do lists, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, number three, you can always, um, when you have those temptations to go and eat after a stressful situations, um, keep yourself busy. So whether you go do some gardening or some cleaning or some washing, or you just go for a walk, chuck some headphones in and go to a couple laps of the block. Um, and number four, maybe if you go back and listen to episode one, we speak about like trigger foods. So if you find yourself stress eating on foods, you don't particularly want to be eating. Um, you know, you don't tell yourself you can't have these foods, but you just don't keep them in the house. So we talk about adding barriers between us and that food. So um, whether you just put it into an, like a, a locked kind of Tupperware container and shove it down the very bottom of the pantry, that gives you enough time to think like, is this something that I really want to do while you're crouching down and kind of push, pushing all, everything aside to get to that bucket? Or you just keep them out of the house completely um, so that you have to drive down to the shops or walk down to the shops to go and get that food item um, that you so desperately want. Again, it gives you time to, to think, time and space to think, is this something that I really want to do? So yeah, I'd, I'd start with looking at those, um, but feel free to message me. We can kind of dive a little bit deeper um, into what your triggers may be and, and anything specific, more specific to your situation that might help you. I can't recommend removing trigger foods from the house any higher. Yeah. It's something we did in week one, yeah. episode one, and they have not snuck back into the house. Yeah. It's it's amazing if you just rip that Band-Aid off, remove the chalky or the shapes or the ice cream, whatever Tim it Tams. is, Tim Tams out of the house. The other thing it does is, yeah, they're not in the house and you're not overindulging in those foods but you're allowed to have those foods and when you do have those foods it might be a colleague brings in some treats to work for their birthday mm. or you go to a, a party and there's some yummy treats there as well you enjoy them so yeah. much more yeah if you're not just nailing chalky and ice cream so true it makes it a bit more special yeah can't recommend it higher enough yeah and you don't call them like cheat meals or cheat treats or whatever no. it is it's just like no they're there i'm gonna have, enjoy it's one literally now what like, they're called a yeah. treat yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. An occasional treat. Radio Christian, that was a very, very wholesome and lovely episode. Uh, one, of, one of my faves throughout the journey. So well done to you. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to the Busy Blokes podcast. It's your one-stop shop for the best bang for your buck health hacks. Head over to our Instagram page at Busy Blokes Podcast for more tips and tricks to help you become healthier and happier. And you can find me on Instagram at healthcoachchristian or even my brand new website, www.healthcoachchristian.com. If you have any questions or want to share your stories, email us at busylokespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Insta. Thanks to Damon Sutton for your audio wizardry behind the scenes legend. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to give us a review wherever you're putting this podcast in your ears, whether it's- Chuck us a five-star review. Chuck us, yeah, make sure it's five-star or at least four at the minimum. Whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, please give us a review. It really helps us out continuing on with this journey. Speaking of journey, next week, episode 11, we're going to go deep in the weeds with portion control. Yee-hoo. And we'll see you then. Love you, Dad.